Golf's no different from hockey. Requires talent, self-discipline. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You should talk to my neighbor, the accountant, probably a great golfer, huge ass. How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai. And you're listening to Quiet, Please. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hiya, boys. Nice day for golf, eh? Quiet, please. Oh, you got secrets, eh? Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the... Hey, you guys. Hey, we're trying to have a podcast over here. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. Alan DePew, your host, once again, for another episode of Quiet, Please. And I've got a panel tonight. To my left, we're going to call him Ace Hydorn. You'll find out in a minute why. To my bottom right, I've got Mr. Bob Baldessari. We call him Bourbon. He used to be from Boston, though. Eagle. I want to be the Eagle. The Eagle. Got it. And maybe the most sought-after man on podcast out there right now, certainly the most sought-after designer of putters on the PGA Tour, Bill Pressey, exclusive... You're sharing it with us first. Thank you so much. You know this guy named Lucas Glover? Rings a bell. Rings a bell. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Got to tell you that. Yeah, he's the last person you probably thought would be like lighting up the scoreboard with a putter, right? Yeah, like years ago when Sam and I first uh, started off lab, we got out on tour and Lucas would be, you know, on the greens coming from the driving range to the putting green and he'd walk past. I'd be out on I'd be out on the on the putting green with a staff bag, you know, some weeks and Sam the other weeks. But he's a big dude in person and he's so nice and he just stays to himself. He doesn't he's not a chatterbug and he does his routine and goes out and plays clean golf and doesn't get caught up in all the extra extracurricular buzz around you know tour event and goes about his work it's really fun to watch but i'm i didn't you know he never he never picked up a putter i'd be standing there and and uh there was there was no interest years ago and so to see him all of a sudden um rolling the the broom so well and, and kind of building momentum with it was uh was really great Especially for the yips. I mean, I had the yips so bad. That's why I invented lab. So first of all, I should have said welcome back because you, you've joined us before. But uh, like I said, a lot of notoriety going on right now because Lucas is rolling the rock like, I mean, out of this world. So fun to watch. So Can you feel Phil? Oh, sorry, Bob. Go ahead. No, I was going to say Adam Scott's been out there successful with the Mez. Uh, Bill's had some really good, um, talented players. Like I'm now understanding what Bill's about, what Lab is about, what what uh, Bill and Sam have created there. And you know, I had the uh, really Billy the, the privilege to see in action when we were together in Florida. Um, but it didn't matter if it was a tour player that came in and Bill was trying to help them, or there was one day we had about 40 kids in the shop. Remember that little kids, and he was down on his knees. Helping these kids understand how to roll the ball. Um, you talk about yeah, somebody goes from extremes, um, but it's really been neat to see uh, Lucas 
gets that putter. And when I'm using my Mez out there, people go, what the heck is that thing? Well, I should say it used to say that, but now they go, that's that putter the guy's using. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. We've got quite a, quite a bit of momentum, and the whole Vibe Lab is really exciting. You know, um, it's a great crew at the, at the factory, and, and Sam, our CEO, um, he's just, you know, just making moves to to to, to get the company in, in a position to to become bigger. Um, and it's really exciting with a lot of tour momentum, which we never had in the early years, even back in the directed force days. Um, and and thank God, because had somebody won back then, I I wouldn't have been able to make enough putters. Yeah. Seriously, that there was that would be a looking in hindsight now what has transpired recently. It's a scary proposition to think um, what would have happened. So. Timing yeah. is everything. <laughs> and and yeah. I, I think that lab, you know, I hope people don't don't think that, oh, Lucas Glover all of a sudden lit lab on fire. And I'm sure he's he's helped with a lot of momentum here. But there was a lot of lab putters out there, um, you know, like Bob said with Adam Scott. And so I have I have a half a dozen friends that that play with lab putters. So. I mean, you guys, you guys were a proven, a proven. Now you're, Alan, Andy, you're in Texas, right? I'm in Houston. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Congrats on that win. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. We we um, had we had quite a bit of people down in in the Texas and Houston and Dallas and doing a lot of lab down there. Yeah. That's good. Hey. Good market down there. So here's the interesting thing, and you you just said it a, a minute ago bill and and i'm with you 100 like i got the yips bad like bad and i just find it amazing i i have a video i'll share with you guys of of a close-up of a lucas glover putt you guys have probably seen it before it's the ugliest thing you've ever seen in your life you think will zalatoris's stroke is crazy this video of lucas glover is unbelievable like it's unbelievable. And I just think that there's such a resistance with some guys to admit what's going on and make some some drastic change changes. Right. And, it, and I don't know if it's ego. I don't know if it's just just not being honest with yourself. But wow, you see what this has done for him. And, you know, it, it just blows my mind that that there's so many people who are such great player look scotty scheffler has got an issue putting right now a yes, big issue and and if if you have a trained eye like i do you know, <laughs> some of you guys do as well you can see those hands moving in his stroke oh. at some point in time he's gonna have to do something about it too my god it's, he posture. it's all his posture you know and i think he's gonna get the yips if he hasn't already experienced it and not talking about it but you know who else was built? I always wonder, since the, the lab broomstick is, and Ben on and Adam and the guys on the live tour, we had 50% of the players on live tour. Uh, Roland Lab, we did. It was crazy. It was, uh, but um, who would have benefited the most? And I think back and I'm thinking, all right, I would have loved to have seen Bill Glass and uh, Roland Amez 
boomstick oh. in the day. See what that would have done to him. There's some other players, you know, that I, I you know, uh, that I would wonder had we done this years and years ago. I've been doing this for like ten years, but say ten years ago, what well, before the ban, you know, yeah, before that stuff. Well, what what players would you think that in hindsight could have? Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, let's jump to the obviously Bernard. I mean, longer would have been interesting to see, right? Yeah, yeah. I I met with him. He flew me down to Tucson back in 2015 to work with him at the uh, the Colo Guard or the El Conquistador or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. I made a broomstick for him out of the DF, but it had so much lead in the shaft to get to his weight that it was terrible. And we're still friends. I text him once I can, you know, get a little. He's tinkering with the lab again, I think. Mm. <laughs> he's, he still yips about every putty he strokes yeah. now, too. And I think he's, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see potentially, you know, um, some scene champions tour players rolling a mess broomstick soon. Yeah, uh, somebody told me that McCarran was rolling it the other day in that last tournament, but I didn't see any video, so I can't confirm. But who knows? I, I'll tell you what you know what struck me about this year so far on, on the on the tour is it, we always talk about it. So it's who's everybody's. They're all great ball strikers, but who's making the the pots from ten foot in? Right? It's yeah. to, to me this year is more than ever. It's been the year of the putters. Look at Ricky. Look at. Uh, Harmon at the Open Championship, and now Glover obviously is just rolling the rock. And Andy, to your point, I mean, Scotty Scheffler wins that tournament going away. If yeah. he could put a, just a, make a couple of birdies, yeah, it I seems mean, like it was a horse race from my perspective between that jailbird. There's an awful lot of those were floating around in tournament play. Uh, you know, the counterbalance long grip. Yeah, and then our putter. It was like a horse race between these two putters, you know, getting airtime on TV. Right. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but I was watching it. I'm like, oh man, it was like, you know, where's the answers? And they're showing all these putters. So, hey, Bill, you mentioned you mentioned some players from years ago when you were talking. Um, where do you think Billy Mayfair would fit in there with your putter? Remember his What's stroke, that? Billy Mayfair. Oh, yeah. yeah. The loop-de-loop. <laughs> yeah, I would have so loved to have fit him and got him back in the day. That would have been great. But I mean, do you want to talk a little bit? Because I saw you in action when we were together when you had some tour players that would come in and, and maybe not recognizable name to everybody, but, you know, they're out there. And, you know, what do you look for? What would be the first thing you might look for to help somebody with their putting? Well, let's just say Scotty Scheffler, you sort of mentioned his posture. Well, the initial encounter is going to go one of two ways. <clears throat> Either they're going to stick with the same putter and want to know how to use that better, or they're going to be open to changing to a lab putter. So depending, I'll b- work with both. Both. Um, because, you know, some people have an affection for a certain putter and just due to confidence or comfort level under under the gun, under the pressure, they, they just... They want to stay with it. But tempo, tempo is the big, you know, when they're not using a lab putter, uh, posture and grip, 
the way your forearms are gripping the, the putter uh, and the lie angle and, and eye position. Um, that's that's all really, really super important. You know, when you used to watch Jack and Arnie and, you know, the really good clutch putters under pressure, they were always hunched over and their sternums facing down to the ball. And I did a video years ago, Bob, and even down in Port St. Lucie, I did a one up on the wall where you, you yeah. bring the relativity of putting from a wall, a ball at your eye level down to the ground and keep all your triangulation the same. And, and you end up looking like Jack, Arnie, and and so those short putters that are 71, 72 uh, are super, super good because it, it makes it gets your rib cages down so vertical that rotation becomes tilt and pure tilt, you know, shallows your pass and gives the, the putter a bigger window of opportunity to strike the ball square. And your whole thing just smooths out, which ultimately leads to better pace control. And then the whole cycle starts breeding confidence. And yeah, but it's interesting the, the relativity of short putter instruction, um, Getting getting your sternum down on the ball, I, I see, you know, like Scheffler, his sternum's not even close to being down on the ball enough to make rotation turn into tilt. Um, instead, the arms have to swing across the, basically the arms have to abduct uh, across the chest combined with like shoulder tilt instead of rotation. And so you start to see the putter waver around um, because he's kind of working with gravity to help keep it in athleticism. And, uh, yeah. So I don't that's, know. That's, that's, the, in, that's interesting. You say that because my, if, if I ever get going bad with the putter, the first thing I do is I get my chest closer to the ground and, and that helps my arms feel more connected to the side of my chest. Um, it, it just, for whatever it's a, it's a security blanket for me. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's really cool that what you do at lab not only is about the putters, it's about putting too. Um, and I think that's really cool. And and there's very few people in this business that do that. Thanks. Yeah. You know, let's go back to the Glover thing, because I, I think part everybody needs to understand. I've made this in some social media posts that to be get those results that you're seeing on TV is a and if you miss one of these, it ain't going to happen. It's a three-prong attack. And you've got the, the change in to change neural pathways and programming and basically create a new path that has no scar tissue. Um, it's a three-prong attack. And, and, and the, his mental coach um, has done wonders in that program. And I've ran into that fellow before. I never actually i feel bad because i never heard him out years ago at the show and stuff and we had crossed crossed um or somebody so so his work to to clear his mind and set things aside um and then with the balance of lab and having the high moi but no torque now he's able to reprogram and with a broomstick everything's so shallow uh and short that you know, those guys are six two, whatever they're something like that. They're using 45 inches, but it's about getting that, that sternum to go down. And, and like I said, it doesn't matter if you bring it 
from a short putter address positions to a broomstick, if you put that thing up on a wall, their eyes are right there. And if you're going to try to move that broomstick along a shelf um, that's tilted 10 degrees down, it's going to track so naturally. Um, and because it's 500 grams and you're not using your small motor skills in your wrists and your forearms um, and to, to manage torque. And so it reprograms the whole thing. And it's magical when it's done with address position mechanics and equipment and mental. It has to be all three all at the same time. If, if you don't do them at the same time, it's like, you know, taking your doctor's prescription every other day when you're supposed to take it every day is never, never complete your cycle. Alan, Alan, none of this has any relevance to you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> none, of, none of it. Thank you. Not a damn thing. Every single thing you're sitting here, I'm sitting there going, well, I, I roll the rock fairly well. <laughs> yeah, you but do. But can I, can I get better? What, how do, what do I do? And, you know, you're talking about how, what you focus on. When I go off the rails, I actually feel like I have to tip my hands up more and get the toe up, the toe more into the, I guess, Bill, this would be like changing the angle, obviously. Yeah, on um, their deviation. Yeah. But I've been known to make a putter too, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> I've witnessed it. <laughs> I think this whole panel is terrible putting, but we've been known to make a putt or two. <laughs> it's I, funny. Alan, yeah. Alan is a savant putter, actually. A savant, eh? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know about all that. <laughs> Bill, you know what's funny? It, um, I remember being on the putting green at Hillview Country Club with my dad one night, and we were out there putting, and I was 14 years old, I believe. And I said, Dad, if Nicholas is the best putter, why don't more people exactly imitate the best putter? And he's like, I remember him saying, that, that's a good question. And I went a long period of time that I literally tried to imitate Jack's setup. And I, I seriously, I thought, all right, this guy is the best clutch putter, the best putter. Why don't more people imitate it? Um, you know, there's other ramifications, but um, some of the best putting I've had is when I've got into the jack crouch and done my thing. Yeah. You know, the uh, when we were, I was just thinking about back at, in Florida, at, in Port St. Lucie, when I was given. So people ask me about, oh gosh, alignment aids. You know, you get into this whole park ball ball of wax it's going down Pandora's box of how to aim and you can aim the putter you can aim your eyes and you know I see Bob's wearing a hat and uh and so I know what you're gonna say yeah 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 and yeah. so uh I got into this study of like seeing how well people aimed with their hats you know just hat on hats off and if you're if your hat's crooked you don't aim well and and so you guys remember the the tin cup? He comes out of his RV with this this, this rubber band thing, right? And and I'm over in Florida, and I'm and Bob hat Bob sits. Uh, wait, hold on, hold. Probably still has it. I know what he's gonna say. So, so 
Yeah. All right. So, but but years ago, and this is kind of serious, but the, the science part of it is really legit. Um, is how you like ride your bike. If you're tilted this way, it's hard to ride straight. You know, like your head's gonna. And when we go throw or something like that, we want. So, I'll be at Tin Cup. This is so incredibly effective. <laughs> right. So you line this up with ribal. So if you're, and what happens is, is when you bring this down to your horizon, you don't you don't want it up here looking like this, right? You want to get your head level and then bring your hat down till it's normal on the horizon. And when you lean down, when you lean over and get in Jack's position, if you're not down far enough, you won't see this rubber band going through your golf ball. And all you do is you align it with a building in the distance. So, you know, like aim point, you're finding zero, like gravity and kind of like, you know, that whole thing. But anyways, you put your hat on straight and you'll putt better. <laughs> so, so, so hey so bill just just so for the people that are only listening to the audio driving down the road going about 75 basically you just put a, a rubber band over a bill of your cap and out on the end out on the end out on the end and that becomes your your aim point has to be horizontal yeah the yeah. bottom of the bottom of the rubber band will bisect your eyes as you're looking straight yeah andy nailed it right there well, yeah. Andy is a student of the game, so <laughs> yes, he better be after winning that senior, Tim. <laughs> There's some sticks down in Texas. That's solid, man. Thank you. Appreciate so, I, look, I'm I'm the I'm the business guy, so I got I got to know. Obviously, it's it's as you said, you're having a great run. I mean, people are probably just flocking to lab right now, and for good reason. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. You know, the the brute so so name name a putter that won in history the next day sold a ton of putters. Just pick a model. The the McGregor response. Yeah. That's what happened. Except I, I will say this, and I was thinking that before. Is that like there was nothing going on with that putter before Jack, right? Right. You guys were you guys were humming along pretty good, but I can only imagine the stresses that all this puts on the company and the manufacturing and all well, that. yeah, and and you know, okay, so because right, so I had the yips so bad that I started trying to to fix it. So I took. Remember the old Cobra tricep putter that would go outside your arm? Yep. yep. All right. So I made a grip called the billboard conforming and it's 21 inches long and it was flat and it was um, uh, 1.75 inches across and about the width of the shaft. And so it was just, it was called the billboard because <laughs> you could put your stuff on it. Um, <laughs> and then Right as as I was starting off in the in putters and the grip, it was actually a grip, the USGA, and we were designing the head too. The USGA came in and banned it. And so I I had to I had to figure out how to balance a putter because we couldn't brace on the arm anymore. And so the so the original 
uh, directed force part of the shaft was in the back, like the biomech was kind of, mm. but long before the biomech, and even some old some of the old rear shafted dandies, a dandy on steroids. Um, but it was, it was that's when I created the whole lab thing. But the, when the rules changed, um, that was the last one, and then that also did away with the belly putter. But remember when the belly putter started winning and sales went out the roof mm -hmm. um, as, a, as a solution to the yips. And what we're, we're experiencing is that same kind of rush to uh, broomsticks where the broomsticks were outselling the short putters and we were not slowing down on short putters. as just the, the sale of broomsticks worldwide is astronomical. So we're gonna we're, we'll, we'll we'll obviously say this again at the end, but just anybody that wants to where do they, where do they find they want to they want to hop on your website right now? Yeah, labgolf.com, and then they you go to the the fitting button or the store locator, put in your zip code if you want to go in person, um, and then we do the remote fitting, which is a couple videos you send in, and we can analyze your uh, setup. Uh, down the line and then both face on for arm arm locks so we for arm locks there's a second dimension to fitting which is the forward lean amount um some people call it loft but when you start saying loft you're changing the sole plate and so the putter doesn't sole out right um it's better to do it with forward lean so uh we fit the forward lean and the line and the length and then um that's an, that's a whole other process, but the remote fitting is really good because it's kind of it brings it direct to consumer and right. extremely effective. Um, and you know, it's always good to go see your PGA professional if you have a coach. But there's millions of people that don't, um, so that's remote fittings there for that reason. And then all the PGA superstores and golf galaxies and. Um, I think the World Golf Mart locations is going to be. I'm not sure though, but most most of the superstores, club champions, and golf galaxies have um, inventory, and they they've been bringing in broomsticks to supply the demand um, that they're getting at all the locations. So we're and, making broomsticks. And are some of the other boys out there, uh, or ladies over on the LPGA, are you seeing an uptick in people reaching out to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm not at headquarters, you know, uh, that, that's Sam and our team, but the, um, yeah, I mean, the, the I, we were laughing the other day. I can't imagine how many tour pros are in their garage rolling a broomstick trying to figure this out. Uh, I would be. And, <laughs> and so, uh, can you, <laughs> I just wonder, it always makes me wonder, like, how many dudes are out there and you're going to see them next week show up with a broomstick and play. So we'll see. One of the, one of the things I realized when I was younger playing golf growing up and watching tour players is you always think tour players are invincible. You know, they swing so good. They hit it so pure. And the, the first like chink of the armor that I saw is how many of those guys really aren't good putters. Like I remember watching, I, I was living in Chicago, watching the um, the tournament at Cog Hill, the Western Open, and 
has fallen Stuart Appleby, who is just absolutely hitting it like so great. And he was standing over eight foot putts and missing the hole by like four or five inches. Did like, he go out the night before? <laughs> I don't know what happened, but <laughs> but he clearly was was a terrible putter. And I and I had seen a bunch of other tour players be bad at putting. And right. your point, Bill, when you're like, you wonder how many guys are in their garage. I bet, I bet there's way more than people think. Like people, like it's 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 a thing. Like it's such a putting is such a hard thing to be good at, but it's also one of the easiest things to be good at when you're good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And a I, lot I of just, these guys are out there, you know, with the demand science type approach to this. And so lab is a science. There's it's not, you know, some smoke thing. So you see them. Well, if you, if you look at your, your decade stats uh, and your tracking, it, it'll tell you where you should be looking in, in real, like, effective time uh, allocations and or equipment changes. Yep. Bill, you, you were mentioning about the remote fitting, and I can attest. I saw you do that when we were again in Port St. Lucie, and people would send video or do uh, Facebook Live. And you're able to get them fit. And, you know, talk a little bit more about that to the amateur golfer out there that will grab a putter off the rack more often than they should. But they'll think, I I need to get a fitting for a driver, maybe a wedge to some degree. But then they forget about the putting. Uh, But, you know, you're so innovative with your thinking and how you do things that for somebody to realize, hey, I can send in a video and I can get perfectly fit for the right putter. That's huge. Yeah, you know, one of the neat things about the, you put your golf shoes on. So if you wear flip-flops, flats, or vans, or, you know, big cushy shoes, that changes your fitting, changes your length, and uh, which brings up this whole other fitting science is fitting your shoes to your clubs and making sure you're buying the right shoes. Um, But uh, where was I going with this? What I say, I forgot. Talk well, about, just, yeah, about about the fitting, just proper fitting for an amateur golfer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the if you're you know five nine to to five eleven, most standard off the rack putters at thirty four, you know, seventy degrees are probably a really good start. Um, but when you get into people that play a lot, and we start to to use different putting techniques and grips and and tinker um then it becomes exceptionally important to fit now the biggest part in, that we don't fit that the, that that lab does is torque and and when i do rotation speed for people that that want a putter to gate more for maybe they have the putter down in their fingers and uh, they have their chest up and they want the ball way outside their eyes. You know, they're going to come in sweeping and, and, and they want that putter toe to square up. So, um, yeah, down in Florida, I would fit rotation, which is real toe flow as, as the, as the industry perceived toe flow, which is not what it really does or as, as far as toe hang lab is actually, you know, what people think is toe flow, um, and fitting the amount of rotation to somebody's stroke, to keep that putter square to the path 
that the putter is being moved on by the arms and the spine and stuff. Um, that's, it's finally catching on, you know, more and more players are starting to understand that, that torque is not, um, squaring up. It just doesn't. Um, and the MOI shouldn't be confused with torque. The biggest, I think, um, misleading kind of marketing stuff in the industry, at least since I can remember is, is we have a high MOI when we're referencing putters. You don't people, you don't see people saying, yes, this is a high MOI answer, <laughs> right? Or this is a high MOI bullseye. Um, they started using high MOI is when they started making the backs real big and real long. And, and, and that was actually torque, not MOI. When you, when you, if you were to take like the original plop, I don't know if you remember the plop putt. Okay. And, and you were to make that thing seven and a half inches long from heel to toe and put big tungsten weights way out on the edges and that's basically a lab putter um, with no lean on it. But that would constitute high MOI without high torque. In my putters, MOI is, is treated independently of torque. So we create a high moment of inertia that's not fighting you and trying to unsquare. So when you see me do like videos or anybody with the revealer, the the thing that you swing the putter in that lets them spin and they're hitting them off the toe, that swivel is absolutely greased or at least in ours. Um, and that putter spins so easily, but Bob's seen it. The ball comes off dead straight an inch and a half off center. It'll lose a little pace and the head will spin, but the ball is gone on and it, it's, it leaves on the same line all across the face. But what the biggest science part is that you because you're hitting it off center, you will lose direction. I mean, distance, um, because the energy is dissipated away from the center of gravity of the putter face. When the center of gravity of the putter face and the ball are perfectly aligned through impact, there's no loss of energy. Um, getting it there is harder to do when you have torque trying to do that um, consistently. So you know, it's really using using that MOI to to, to benefit the players instead of create torque and i wish they'd change it you know it's like the the old when graphite came out and nobody was measuring torque the same way <laughs> and they're trying to get torque measured across the industry and in and how it was measured in graphite shafts um and lab is kind of blazing the way to making sure the mark the industry understands that a high moi is means a high torque and yeah you got you got to squeeze it tighter with your hands maybe you like that maybe people put you know, we obviously we see tour players putting great with them um and that takes a, a lot of skill set it takes a larger grip you know the, the size of the grip has a giant influence on how you manage that torque if you have a face balance you know or a putter that that has a lot of torque on it put a big grip on it you'll putt better guaranteed um you can't change hey, it yeah, you, yeah. You, mentioned, you mentioned the revealer. I was going to have, have you talk about that. And when people would come into our golf shop and you'd put the, their putter on the revealer, it was they would say, no, mine's going to pass. And you would show them, hey, dude, look at this. But the funny thing was, remember, 
the miniature golf little answer plastic putter. Oh yeah, I got him. I brought him with me. You did? Oh my yeah. god, that was that that passed the test. I think out of the best, right or something. I don't remember. What like 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 an answer style or like a cash in style? Like if you if you go if you go to the miniature <laughs> golf course, they have heel shafted little blue and red putters or whatever, and then they yeah, got like, center shafted ones. The center shafted ones, when I put them in my room, yes. are perfectly balanced. <laughs> yes. It was so funny. It's a bullseye, Andy. Andy, it's a bullseye style. Yeah. Yeah, Choose your choose your choose your mini golf putter wisely, boys. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, by the way, by the way, my DF has won the world pop 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 stroke championships last two years in a row. Wow. No way. Yeah, dude. I think I we were dying. I I was like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's probably, you know, does, he, does anybody bring it to the miniature golf course? And we were laughing. I'm like, dude, we won the world championships. Hell yeah, you do. I, I've said this before on the show, and I'll say it again, because it's worthy of the people who didn't hear the first time. If you ever want a good laugh, go to YouTube and Google Putt-Putt Championship from like the 1980s. Um, yeah. And Billy oh. Packer does the the commentary on it and it is the funniest shit you've ever seen in your life (laughs) guys with these crazy putting stances and strokes like making these like ridiculous putts i'm telling you right now i'm going for the pop stroke championship next year that's my my road to glory ten thousand dollars game i'm gonna gonna be your caddy alan all right they're not measuring shoulder turning that alan thank god yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And speaking yeah, of championships, so. anybody got any thoughts? Let's roll, let's roll over to uh does Lucas Glover take take it to the next step this week? Does who's five strokes off the lead? Four five strokes to off go. the lead. Yep. And, and by the way, where does 28 go down in the history of golf? What Victor Hovland's back yeah. nine? Yeah, it was kind of good. <laughs> Come on, man! Hey, that that golf course is so hard. Yeah, like I'm telling you, Olympia Fields is no joke. Right, it's, it'll beat your ass up, and if you didn't hit fairways, you you're done. Yeah, and three, the bunk, the three, are three, 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 four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he only birdied the par five. And and you know Nicholas, that's his boy. So you can you imagine it. You know Jack is at his house going, get it, get it. <laughs> Probably get a good hot dog at the turn. You know, like anybody who played better in the back. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> and Scheffler, uh, so I have, I have some a pressure mat body track, and there's you know there's this. There's this thing floating around that who's got a pressure trace of Scheffler's footwork. And so for nobody or for people don't know, you can stand on a mat and we can see where your pressure is on your feet. And, and, and if you're listening, you hit a ball and we can see your CG and, and where the, the pressure is on your feet, kind of like a, a radar forecast and red and blue and stuff. And, and no, and nobody has, nobody's ever seen Scheffler's footwork trace pattern. And we're, there's a, there's a, somebody's trying to get it. 
We'd love to see how I he saw, does that. I saw a good thread on that. I'm sure you you probably saw the same thing on like golf biomechanists or something like that, a Facebook yeah. group. Um, but they were talking about that exact thing. And and uh, and a couple of the guys who I really respect were like, you know what? What matters in his foot pressure happens all before impact. So where his foot pressure is at impact doesn't matter. And that's why that's why it's even just remotely possible for him to hit it as good as he does with his feet and his legs moving like they do. Yeah. I think I commented on that post actually. Uh, And being a hockey player growing up, our feet just do things. And, and, you know, when you're at a height, when, when you're skilled with skates, you know, you get to a certain point where you just think go here and your feet do their thing. And I think, I think I commented on that thread. He's, he's got that special effect because you can, his footwork's not always the same. So his brain is just making his spine get in the right place. And he's got the best arm swing in the business. Right. Um, you and know, you're right. Like, like it is not always the same. It's not even close to the same. Yeah. Like, like sometimes it looks like he's going to snap an ankle. <laughs> he almost <laughs> did it on this video. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I cringe with my ankle history. I, I cringe watching that. But it's pretty yeah. amazing. But he does it, and it's fun to fun to watch for sure. And Hovland's got, you know, more of a, a Bobby Jones swing. He takes it inside, kind of yep. brings it over the top, and rotation and arm drop gets it in there. And you know, uh, who else? It's just amazing that you know you see these motions repeat through time, except for Sheffield, uh of great players. You know. But, but back to what we talked about, I, I think it was Saturday. I caught more of Saturday's round, I think, than I did Sunday. But I think it was the par three, uh, whatever that one was, 13, 14. To, and, and he hits it in there to, like, he only had, like, six feet. And he didn't even sniff the hole. I mean, he didn't even touch it. And that was just that was just all all four days. I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but strokes gained up until the greens, he had to have been number one. Well, they, well, they said I saw this week that that this year his strokes gained. Oh wait, I did better than Tiger, wasn't it? Was was the second best in history to Tiger in like two thousand and seven, maybe or whatever. One year Tiger had had a couple percentage points better but i mean yeah and if you think about it the way, he, the way he puts and him being as good as he is with the results that he gets the only way he does that is is to be just a, an over-the-top phenomenal and, and if i remember that you know and andy that's when they they, they they flashed somebody else up there that that's there was somebody else uh vj singh was it maybe in that stat also i, I and, think so and they both like they had each VJ and Tiger in those years of comparison. Each had like four, five, or six victories. Scotty's got one. Yeah, one. It's crazy. V VJ's another one who who's a good example of of if he could putt. Yeah. True. Yeah. So True. so Bobby, looking ahead to Atlanta, what you got? What are you thinking? Oh, 
I, I haven't even thought about it, actually. Now you got me thinking. Okay, we'll uh, come back to you. Bill, what do you think about the Ryder Cup? Let's ask that question, because as our special right. guest panelist this, this week, we debated it last week ex extensively. Who's getting that's picked? A, Is your boy getting picked? Hot, that's a hot topic. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he does get picked. I think he gets picked. You know why? It's because he's got that leader mentality. Because he's and, and he's rolled. Obviously, he's got game now because he can putt. <laughs> so he's always had the game. Obviously, I was just speaking facetious. Does, does, does Zach does Zach take Brooks Kepka? Now I that mean, he's falling in the top he, six. He he's so steady over the last what is it seven weeks? Seven weeks in a row. Four weeks. Uh, in a row, six or was it four weeks? Uh, every week, top top six or better, and then two wins back to back. Right, and another you know top twenty, and he just couldn't couldn't get out of the rough at that last tournament. But um, <laughs> I mean, if I'm if I'm the captain, uh, knowing that Glover is like you know Captain America right now. Um, you want the, I guess, you want the society behind it, you know. And it seems like there's an awful lot of people that think that they want to root for him to be on the team. And that in itself, um, and just his recent play, you know, what have you done for me lately? I don't think you can pass Glover. I, I say the top, I say Zach Johnson picks the top nine which means taking Brooks Kepka, even though he's fallen out of the automatic. Because I think the people would be somewhat outraged because I, I, he deserves to be there. He's proven he deserves to be there. And then I think it's I think it's Ricky, uh, Lucas, and Keegan. And two out of those, I mean, Ricky and, and Lucas, because they could, they're just rolling the rocks so well this year. And Keegan's Keegan. He's a bulldog. What say yeah. you, Andy? Andy, what do you say you? I... I Honestly, as opinionated as I can tend to be, oh, this is a this is a tough one. Like you look at that list of potentials, and <laughs> I'm glad I'm not Zach Johnson because you can make a strong case for everybody in that top sixteen. It's mm. tough, Bobby. I do like. What about, what about, what about Bryson? To shot 58. <laughs> no, nope, yeah, I don't think. Uh, I, I very much agree with you, Alan, and I do like KB and got to go with Glover. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Ricky, he always could, it looked like he was always still putting it pretty good, but now he's got his game back on track. I think he's good in the room. It seems to be Zach's really on this blend of um, camaraderie. I mean, he made the comment about, I'm, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it was in essence like, I don't really want the 12 best winners, players, the hottest. I want the 12 best guys. So that was really a striking comment to me. But as far as just, yeah, some blend of people that you think they can get along and be teammates, I think, yeah, I'll go with yours. Well, I, I mean, but that means passing That means passing over JT. But more yeah. important, it means passing over more. That's what I hey. said. I, I am not. No, I don't know, Jake. You know, you guys have probably all seen it. He's been this cast move from the top has been coming and building 
for years and it starts, you know, getting out, getting so bad. It was like David Tom's got to be at one point where you get that little throw and then hold all the way down. And, uh, and his footwork was, you know, fast enough, but he starts, I think he's got past uh, like the, the last tournament I saw him, apparently his dad and him were making some moves to, you know, to not have that little push out and then drag down. Um, but that's, that's got to go away before he can play at elite levels, especially for America. When you see him swinging like that, it's, that's why Tom's went away um, for a while and came back. And that little throw from the top is a dangerous thing. It's really bad on, you know, maintaining shaft flex and shaft dynamics all the way down. Um, that's a tough one, but I, I hope, uh, I hope he gets it gets a hold of that. It looked like they were fixing it uh, from his last tournament, um, but he's got to get a hold of that. My opinion uh, before he plays on a Ryder Cup team, um, just from you know he's he's a great athlete and he relies on athleticism and just pure grit and and practice. Um, there's been a lot of funky moves throughout history, uh, but they're gritty, competitive people and they they find a way to win. But I don't think the Ryder Cup is the is the answer for that one at right. this point. Right. Um, but you're, yeah, everybody, Keegan, machine. I mean, who wants to go against Keegan? Nobody. Not, he, not he's, Miguel. He's Angle like Ben Jimenez. Hogan on the first tee. He does, he's not interested in talking to you. He's not, you know, it, it's, hey, yeah, all right, sign your card at the end. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what hey, the Bill. writer cut needs. So, uh, all right, Mr. Bill Pressey, inventor of the Mez, director of Force Putter, go to labgolf.com. And you're a cool customer, but are you ready for Andy Heidorn's hot seat questions? Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> he left the building. Bill Pressey has left. Hold on, hold on. Was that, wait a minute. Was that, Bill, Bill, was that an emergency Shame, exit? Shameless plug. This is my next invention. Oh, yeah, the face it. Right, right. Yeah. Called face it. Yep. And this goes on your wedges. And I got it USGA conforming. If you mark your clubs like a golf ball between holes or before the round. What is it? This this shows you face dynamics. So like when you have a magnetic stick on the face of a golf club, you can twist it open, lower your handle to bring it back. This is the geometric pattern that I created that conveys that in a play position. These are, this is zero, this is a square face, eight degrees open, 16 degrees open. This is the axis point, which is by the hosel. So you, so you twist, so that's square, you twist open and level and level. So this right. shows you how to hit bunkers. This is like, Pat Simmons made a, a wedge back when called the triple crown from Tiger Shark. And but it was non-conforming, and the lines were backwards, and they were the math was off. Um, but the Lee Trevino played with the angle groove dynamiter Spalding wedge on tour, mm -hmm. um, and that's how he got the ball to check so good and not take divots. Um, so the whole science of face it is 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 my next projects, uh, and I've, I have patents uh, filed on the face it part. Um, and these stencils go on your club with laser mod, but it's, now you can play basic. Basically, you can 
play golf with a magnetic stick on the face of the club and be able to aim from the side. You guys have all put a magnetic stick on the face of a club. And when you're holding the club from a dress, you can't aim that stick. You got to have somebody down the line to tell you when you're on, on point. And then you look at your face. Yeah. Well, face it, you can aim from the side um, and deal with ball above and below your feet. I'll be soft launching this at the PGA show. So shameless plug. Face it. All right. Genius. I just, that's, and that's before, awesome. you, before you go, I just got to tell you, mind blown. You're talking, you're talking uh, physics, and I'm still back in like. <laughs> this is how to use a wedge. This is if how to that's use not a, a nugget for our listeners. I don't know what is. I mean, that's yep. pretty awesome right there. That's yeah. that's some cool stuff. Yeah. yeah, I was I was able to get a USGA conforming, and I I rallied with the committee uh, at headquarters there that you can buy go to the store and buy a stencil and mark your golf ball, and you can only use a sharpie, by the way, on a golf ball. Um, and I said, well, that's for alignment on the golf ball, and 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 I said, well. Why don't why can't I use a sharpie to mark alignment on my irons, my wedges? Same thing. But this conveys lie angle and face angle because of grooves. The the biggest problem that I've kind of my personal opinion, people don't aim the club face. They rely on the grooves. And the grooves are very misleading of where that face is aimed because the lie angle is the other half and you don't see that you get fixated on the grooves. And, and so bunkers, uh, chip shots, they're just, they're lost. They don't know how to use the golf club in those situations. Um, and to get the leading edge to balance and still be a square club face. And so face it does all of that. It's a science that's been used by all the greats. It's how all great wedge players play, you know, bunkers, um, and, and there was an even old wedge called the Burns wedge that had little arrows on the face. And, but the USGA banned all that stuff because a groove conformancy. So I figured out a way to do this and, and mark it with a Sharpie. It makes it conforming. And I got a USDA permitted ruling on it for, for tournament play. Um, so I'm going to be soft launching that at the PGA show and handing out samples. If you guys are there at the PGA show, find me and I will give you hordes of faces. That's awesome. Okay. Good luck. Good luck with that. Thanks. That's a you, little fun project outside the putters. You got my attention. So, all right. You ready for the hot seat? All right. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Here we go. Okay. Nine questions. What's your lowest 18 hole score? 62. What are your three favorite golf courses you have played? Uh, I would say Martis Camp in Truckee, Nevada. Um, probably Pebbles got to go in there because you got to throw it in there. Um, and then, uh, guys, there's so many, uh, that I've played, um, I'm going to say whistling straights. Okay. What are the three courses you would love to play that you haven't played? Uh, well, Pine Needles and Augusta and 
Cyprus. Awesome. Okay, name the three best players of all time. No order. Lucas Glover. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, three best players of all time. All right. Uh, Jack, Tiger. Um, that's a, the third one's a tough one. That's why I love this question because the first two, everyone has the same first two. Yeah. yeah. Being, you know, I'm a swing mechanic guy and I'm going to go with Hogan on that one. There you go. What's the best part of your game? Mm, usually getting to the course. <laughs> What's the worst part of your game? <laughs> Leaving. <No. laughs> uh, best part of my game i am gifted with wedges and my driver pound for pound i pummel the golf ball what's the worst part uh three yard carry wedge shots out of deep rough very specific there <laughs> <laughs> no no any, uh any post-traumatic stress right there <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You see how much of that happened at this last tournament? Uh, but anyways, yeah. Uh, uh, long irons. Okay. What skill is most important to play great golf? Forgetting the last shot. Awesome answer. PGA Tour or live? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Past no, uh, uh, yeah, I watch both honestly. Okay, fair answer. Um, and finally, what is your who is your favorite golfer, past or present, of all time? Uh, Bobby Jones, you sir have survived the hot seat. <laughs> well played. What did I, what did I win? <laughs> Uh, face you it. Wanna, they, you want to face don't it? Don't you like one of those YouTube guys that gives away stuff? You beat me to it, Bob. <laughs> I saw Bill with the face it under, like, like when Bill and I were together, we'd come in the shop in the morning. I would be thinking of a player development program and something like that. Bill would go, you know, I was thinking of the centrifugal force on the ankle of the axis of the this or the that. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh my God, how do you, you're brilliant. Like he's just, so he's so brilliant, but this guy is one of the funniest guys you will meet. His sense of humor is off the charts. So he's an interesting combo of like Einstein and uh, Robin Williams or something. No, I would have been looking at you going, I need coffee first before we go there. <laughs> oh, don't get me started, brother. <laughs> All right, Bobby, 18th hole, approaching the green. I'm well, calling you first. Uh, I, I don't have a good singing voice, but I, I want to say happy birthday to one of our favorites here at the Quiet Police podcast. Alexa Pano wins her first professional tournament over in Ireland. Um, just, you know, I, I met her and her, her, her uh, dad, Rick, um, quite a many years ago. We were at a junior event. He had a Patriots hat on. I had a beeline over and go, hey, you from New England? Um, so I've been watching them since she was just a little kid. Um, you know, prodigy 
gets overused a lot, and you never know in this game. Uh, but I saw her do some things along the way, some drive, chip, and putt things that, um, and other events. I just thought I thought she had the it. So uh, I think you know she's been on our show. She's an amazing young lady, as nice and and genuine as they are, but uh, loads of talent. I think this puts her over the top. And congratulations, Alexa. Well played. Um, you know, the more more is going to come her way. Without question, Andy. So th that kind of came out of the blue too, like her victory. Like I, I was surprised because um, it seems like between Alexa and Sam, this year's gone by so damn fast, uh, and it's tough to be a rookie on the on the LPGA tour. Um, but for me, my my final thought here is, and most people know how I feel about the whole live thing, but. Can we please just pick Brooks Kepka to be on the Ryder Cup team? I mean, he he just missed out on being an automatic. And we don't need any more of the political, the, you know, the just the back and forth stuff that goes on. I mean, if anybody really thinks that he's not one of the 12 best players from the United States that should represent on the Ryder Cup team, then I think you're crazy and avoid all the other stuff and just just pick him zach he belongs there he'll be a great representative and he should be on the Ryder cup team i agree mr Pres mr pressy what do you got well i'm interested in watching this uh rose zhang uh, lpga gal coming up that's kind of i got my eye watching her swing and watching how she's playing golf and enjoying that and uh i think you're right about kepka i mean <laughs> when you strip all the other crap away kepka is an absolute beast and he's as american as american gets and uh crossing borders or whatever you want to call it we gotta you gotta you know get get past that um for the Ryder cup and the president's cup um so uh yeah, I think that's that's a big one. You know, whether it's uh, Glover, Ricky, or Keegan, um, it's all irrelevant. But I think Brooks needs to be on that team. I think he's a stone cold assassin. So I, I I've already said mine. I, he absolutely needs to be there. Mine is mine is as we talked last week. Uh, the Magnet New Corn Ferry event. Uh, the summer of golf continues in New Jersey. There have been so many professional golf tournaments up here this year 20 under par wins it on the corn ferry on a really strong golf course with fast undulating greens just a testament to how good those guys really are and talking about fast and undulating greens this is what golf's all about i will be reporting back from pinehurst this weekend where i'm playing golf with my two sons and everybody should be doing more of that that's a great trip Bobby, enjoy that week. Bill, thank you for being with us. Andy, as always, make another ace. Thank you. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. 
Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30-plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.